0: Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast.
1: Hi, we're David and Tracy Sellers, and today on Vows to Keep Radio, we're going to be talking about listening you think of yourself as a good listener? Where would you rank your spouse on the scale of being a good listener? To be honest, I would rank myself pretty far down on that scale because sometimes I just get wrapped up in me. I'm not very good at listening to what others are saying like I should be. Do you need a marriage hearing aid? I think I do.
2: So yesterday, my dad finally broke down and went to get hearing aids. Now for a long time, his pride and the really high cost have kept him from getting the help that he needs. His hearing has been slowly getting worse over time, but many years ago, when I was growing up, I remember he thought he was going deaf. We couldn't even sit at the dinner table and have him hear what we said. We kept talking louder and louder until finally he panicked and he rushed to make an appointment with the ear doctor. When the day came for him to go, I'm sure his heart was beating fast. No one wants to be told. They won't be able to hear their kids laugh or hear music again or hear the daily noises we all take for granted. He sat on the exam table and waited for the doctor to deliver the bad news. And as all good doctors do, she started with an assessment. She took his blood pressure, his pulse, made him open wide and say, ah, and of course looked in his ears. And that's when she pulled back and she took a second look. Mike, she said, have you put something in your ears recently? No, I don't think so. At this point in the exam, she turned to get something out of her drawer. It was a tweezers. Hmm. Very interesting. Using her tweezers and the magnification of her ear instrument, she proceeded to gently pull something white out of his ear. It looked like shreds of something. Then she started to laugh. Mike, have you been to McDonald's lately? McDonald's? Why in the world would she ask that? Handing my dad the evidence, he could see for himself what she meant. In his hand, he held the shreds of a napkin with the iconic M printed right on it. Then it all came rushing back to him. Two weeks before, he and a buddy had decided to go hunting. It was a chilly Saturday morning, so before they hit the road, they pulled through the McDonald's drive through to get a hot breakfast and a coffee. And when they got to the field where they were going to hunt, my dad realized he'd forgotten his earmuffs. Solution? McDonald's napkins, of course, stuffed as deep in as he could get them. And not hard to believe, after the doctor had removed this barrier to the outside world, he could hear just fine. But in my marriage, there have been times that we've both thought the other person had gone deaf. I've thought, did he really hear me? Or how can he think I meant that when I said just the opposite? In America, there's about 2.8 million adults that could benefit from a hearing aid. And maybe you're thinking your spouse should be included on that list.
1: The typical marriage topics that people address are things like sex, money, and of course, communication. You can pick up any number of books or search Pinterest for a zillion blog posts on these popular subjects in marriage. That's because in marriage, these things are the daily realities we deal with. Today on Vows to Keep Radio, we're going to be talking about both sides of this issue of listening, both the practical, like how to be a good listener, and the heart level. What is in our hearts is, of course, what prevents us most of the time from actually being a good listener. So as we talk today about listening, we ask that you would listen with all of your heart. Ask God to show you how you need to grow in this area, and we promise your spouse will be thrilled that you're listening.
2: How much you and your spouse talk to one another about things that are deeper than just those surface-level things depends a lot upon each other's perception of how much they are being heard. If your spouse doesn't think that you're listening, they don't think you care, And if they don't think you care, why would they want to talk with you? Is your world too busy? Are you hearing everything and everyone else and not your spouse? Maybe you've crowded them out with great or sinful distractions so that when they do speak, the other noises are just too loud for you to hear them. Most of the time, our spouse is speaking to us, even if it's negative communication, because they want a relationship with us. They're trying to draw us out. They're trying to get back the friendship that you first experienced in the beginning of your relationship. And so many times when we hear our spouse speak, we just hear their words and we fail to see their heart. We need to learn how to look past their words and see to the true meaning behind them. Why are they saying what they are?
1: In order to show your spouse that you're growing and that you're changing in the area of listening, you need to become a question asker. That's right. In order to start listening... You need to start speaking. Set aside your agenda for the moment and tune into where your spouse is at. What are their fears right now? What is a distraction to them? What are their desires? What are the issues they're facing as a parent or maybe as an employee? Where could you step in and try and lighten their load? Your spouse will begin to open up to you more when they know that you're hearing them. One of the best ways you can do that is by taking action on what they've said. Has she mentioned how tired she is at the end of the day after caring for the toddlers? Send her to the bathtub or to bed early. Has your husband been talking about how fun it would be to go fishing? Make it a priority to carve out margin for him and help make that happen for him. Your spouse is a real person with real needs and real desires. God has put you in her life to love her like God loves us. It's time to lay down our desires and pursue the needs of another.
2: This all sounds good, but isn't it just so much easier to coexist with our spouses? That's what we tell ourselves. Just go through the daily routine, keeping the hard things to talk about on the back burner. That's a really easy lie to believe because when things go unsaid, it can appear for a little while that peace is reigning in our home and it might be a much needed peace. But it doesn't take long before things left unsaid come out. That's because, according to Luke 6.45, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Sooner or later, your spouse is going to say what's on her mind, no matter how hard she's tried to bottle it up. And in my experience, when there's something to say, and for whatever reason it doesn't get said, it tends to come out in moments of frustration and anger. That's why it's so important for our spouses to feel like we are a safe place for them, that we are a sounding board for what's on their minds. They need to know when they speak that they will be heard. If this is not the typical MO or mode of operation in your household, it can be changed. You can tell your spouse in a lot of different ways that what they have to say can be said, what they're feeling will be heard. The transition of not talking or talking about surface level stuff to connecting at the heart level is not going to take place overnight, but people always respond to a chance to be heard.
1: To be blunt, sometimes we don't wanna hear what our spouse has to say. We hear a topic brought up and immediately shut down and we try to tune out. Sometimes this is because if we really listen, we may have to change in some way. Selfishly, we just don't want to. Or if we have to go out of our way to accomplish something, if it inconveniences us in the slightest way, or if we just don't wanna to be told what to do, we choose not to listen. Pride does not welcome unsolicited advice. We don't like when someone points out to us something that needs to change. We often don't want to hear any form of admonishment because we want to be our own pilot. When someone starts speaking, we have two choices. We can set aside our agenda, set aside our pride, or we can disregard what they have to say. And if we choose to disregard, we're almost always jeopardizing the unity that we desire in our marriages.
2: Some great advice I got when I was still a teenager living at home was this. In an argument or a disagreement, repeat back what you heard the other person say. If you and your spouse are in the throes of things and the words are flying back and forth across the room and you feel like the discussion or maybe a heated discussion is going nowhere fast, stop, listen, and repeat what you heard them say. Let me say that again. Stop, listen, and repeat. Start your response in these heated moments with words like, what I hear you saying is and end your statement with, if I didn't hear you correctly, I want to help me to understand. Your spouse is going to see very clearly in those statements that you really do care, that you aren't just interested in getting your point across. It helps them see straight to your heart because you probably want to be understood by them just as much as they want to be understood by you.
1: It's when we assume the worst by just listening to the words and not really hearing the heart behind the words that can cause us to repeat the same conversations over and over again. You know the ones I'm talking about, the kind of talk where you think, oh, here we go again. We've had this conversation at least 100 times. It's so easy in moments like this to default to just not hearing the words that are actually being said today in the present and instead mentally replaying those previous discussions in your head, remembering the last result from the last time, reliving the same emotions this fight brings up every time. So the next time you and your spouse are in this situation, stop, listen, and repeat. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So you got to listen past the words and let your response be full of life. For as Proverbs 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your soft answer can be a tree of life for your relationship, like it says in Proverbs 15, four, or you can kill your relationship in your effort to be heard and in your lack of effort to really hear your spouse's heart.
2: When someone is speaking, they want to know they're being heard from, honey, before you go to work, will you take the laundry baskets to the laundry room? To, sweetie, I need to talk with you about juniors math grades. Something has to be done. To, I really would like to have another baby. What do you think? From little topics to big ones, when our spouse is speaking, we need to respond and no, a grunt doesn't suffice. That does not tell your spouse that you care. If your spouse is trying to communicate with you about something, little or big, and you're not already focused on each other, stop what you're doing. Look them in the eye and let them know by your body language that you think what they have to say is important. If you keep looking at your smartphone while nodding your head to what they say, they aren't going to think that you heard them clearly. And the result of that may be the very thing you hate, them repeating themselves over and over. You put them in a position you hate when you don't give your full attention when they're speaking.
0: You've been listening to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. They'll return shortly with more of today's broadcast. Vows to Keep wants to help. Today's quick marriage question was submitted by a listener like you. Now here's David and Tracy with today's quick marriage question and their response.
1: David and Tracy, we have been married for a number of years, We're to the point where we spend more time not talking than talking anymore. We fight less when we don't speak. We're in such a deep rut. I've tried everything I know to do, but now I'm just closing off. Please help. First of all, I want to thank you for reaching out to us. Now, with a limited scope of information, it might be hard to give you extensive help in the specific topics that are causing you to fight. However, for most couples, that constant mode of tension is actually a result of a lot of built up unforgiveness. Remember, marriage is this relationship between two flawed people that are operating in a fallen world. But the good news is we have a faithful God. It's God's purpose to use marriage in the process of sanctification. Happiness cannot be our end goal for marriage. Rather, we have to see marriage as the process by which we're going to grow more like Christ. So, are you forgiving your spouse? Maybe before your spouse has even asked. Are you making forgiveness easy for your spouse by admitting your mistakes and then specifically going and asking for forgiveness about that issue? Like I said, your spouse is present in your life to influence you toward godliness. Each marriage partner has got to see themselves as an agent of the Lord for the other person's growth. I've also seen that unity in marriage begins with making God's purposes my purposes. Peace in marriage begins when I allow God to rule my life, but I can't make peace my God. For a lot of men, they'll make peace an idol in their marriage, and in fact, so much so that they will build walls of complete isolation. You're not building unity when you're seeking peace above resolution. I have to make God my God and find his peace in that process. Ask yourself these questions, and I would in fact encourage you, if one of them strikes you, to write down your response. The first is, do you take your marriage relationship for granted? Are you doing things now that you wouldn't have done when you were dating? The second is, how can you extend grace and biblical love toward your spouse in their failures? I tell you, some of the most influential things that have ever happened in my own marriage— was when I received grace and mercy when I was at my absolute worst. Taking a cue from Ephesians 5, Are you wives willing to respect your husband regardless of whether your husband is reciprocating with love? And to a husband, I would say, Are you willing to love your wife regardless of whether she reciprocates to you with respect? Loving others begins with understanding and accepting God's love. So my fourth question is, do you struggle with believing or accepting God's love? Ask your spouse to help you to answer that question, and what they see would be helpful to you in changing your response. Next would be what untruths need to be changed, or what sins do you need to ask God to forgive? For some, this is things that have become more important in our lives than they should be, I think we have to be ready to confess to our spouse and, in fact, go to them and say, I want you to forgive me for some of the things I've made so important that they have become in front of our marriage. Ask and even allow your spouse to hold you accountable for these changes. Finally, as a husband, I know that when my wife and I share with each other what we believe God is working on us individually, when we talk about what we believe God is working on as a couple, we see each other being used by God in our lives is an instrument in his hands. So ask your spouse, how can you be best used by God in their lives? Vows to Keep wants to help.
0: If you have a marriage question, please email questions at vows 2 Vows to Keep will respond to you via email and perhaps use it on the air. Now let's rejoin David and Tracy Sellers with the remainder of today's broadcast.
1: If you're in a marriage where you wish there was more communication at a deeper level between the two of you, start with the little stuff. Turn off the TV, put down the iPad, let little Johnny play on the floor by himself for a few minutes while you listen. Be fully present in the room, fully aware of those that are around you. You're not as good of a multitasker as you might think you are. Whether you know it or not, you're sending a message about how important your wife is and how important your relationship with your wife is all by these little things. Whether you know it or not, you're constantly communicating with your spouse, sending signals and indicators to them about your heart. On the other hand, if you're interrupting your spouse to be heard, give some thought as to whether this is really the best time to talk. If your spouse isn't a very good multitasker and you ask him his opinion about getting a new computer while at the same time he's finishing up a text or changing oil in the car, wait for a time when you know you can have his attention.
2: Earlier, I told you about my dad's real and not-so-real struggle with hearing. My mom, though, is a different story. She literally is deaf in one ear. When she was in the hospital recovering from giving birth to me, that process began, and in about six weeks' time, she was almost completely deaf in her right ear. For my whole life, this has been a reality for my relationship with her. Growing up, I learned quickly that if I wanted to be heard, I needed to sit on her left side at a table and walk on her left side wherever we went. In fact, I got so used to this that whenever David and I walk anywhere together, it feels strange to walk on his right side. I got attuned to what it took to be heard, and we can take the same principle and apply it to our marriages. If your spouse comes home from work exhausted from his day and needing a recharge, save the important conversations for after dinner or maybe even the weekend. If you know that what you throw at him might take a while for him to process— Give him the time he needs to do that without expecting an immediate response. Hopefully today we've given you some things to think about and put into practice at a practical level when it comes to listening to your spouse, but we can't just stop at the how-tos of better communication.
1: These how-tos are certainly important, but they can actually be a band-aid on a bigger problem. There's going to be a bleed through if you put these into practice and the real reason for broken communication is not addressed. So how do we know what's broken? Maybe you and your spouse haven't really talked for a very long time, or you feel like they haven't been listening for a very long time. Where do we start? Listening, and I mean really listening, is a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of the ears. Your hearing problem is most often a heart problem. A hard heart can't hear. A heart distracted can't discern. A troubled heart is too preoccupied to be concerned with someone else. A heart serving an idol has chosen what they want to hear. An unrepentant heart doesn't have room to hear that critical truth that would let the light shine into the darkness. So let's evaluate for a moment today. What are your ears stopped up with? It's probably not McDonald's napkins, but maybe it's time to go see the ear doctor. Maybe it's time you let God Take a deep look inside and get his heavenly tweezers out to start digging, to see what's really making it hard for you to hear. Because we can't really listen like our spouses need us to if our hearts aren't right with God.
2: In the Bible, God addresses the Israelites on this very matter. He tells them clearly and plainly what to do and how to be blessed. God says in Jeremiah 7, this is what I told them, obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything I say and all will be well. Pretty cut and dried, but you guessed it, they didn't listen. He goes on to say, my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. That sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? Our pride is the same, and it puts us in the same position. If our hearts choose not to listen to God and obey his word, we're going to have a hard time listening to our spouses as well. I bet that sometimes you've heard the knock of the Holy Spirit on your heart when your spouse is trying to talk with you about something, and you don't answer that door. We don't want to be told what to do, even if it's by the very God who created us and created our marriages. We convince ourselves that if we open the door to Him, what He asks of us is going to be too hard, or at least too hard for our pride to hear. We don't want a reminder that we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry when our spouse is making us crazy.
1: A humble heart is a heart that hears. There's someone else who is always speaking to us. We serve a God who desires a level of relationship with us that requires us to be open to his knocking, to follow where his spirit and word lead. The creator of your marriage wants to teach you how to be a good listener to him and then to your spouse, both are completely possible. So ask God, what kind of a heart do I have? Is it too busy? Is it distracted? Am I hard-hearted? Am I so troubled? Am I unrepentant? What in that list stands out to you? Bring it before the throne of God. If it's busyness that's kept you from hearing your spouse, create margin and time for you and your wife just to talk and let her do most of the talking. If it's distraction, put down the devices, put away the screens or the hobbies and the chores, and tell your spouse by your actions that you care.
2: Was it a troubled heart that caught your attention? Bring those worries and cares before the Lord and ask Him to help you see your spouse as someone who has needs and how He's put you in your spouse's life to meet those needs. Maybe today you have an unrepentant heart. Does a glaring sin rear its ugly head in your life? Is it blocking the unity that you need to have with your spouse? If so, take heart. God has provided just what you need, a Savior. Ask for forgiveness and let the light of salvation shine in your marriage. Maybe you're dealing with what the Israelites did, a hard, unyielding heart. God sees and God knows, and He wants to take your hard heart and replace it with a new one, one that is humble and yielding to His leading one that embraces his word and obeys it readily. I'm going to leave you today with one last story. Many years ago, my parents and I were headed down the highway on a long road trip to see family. My dad had a Walkman, so you know how old this story is, and he was listening as the miles slipped away. After a while, he couldn't hear quite clearly as before, so he turned up the volume and kept driving. After a few more minutes, he turned up the volume again because he really couldn't hear clearly. He started to think there was something wrong with the Walkman, But upon inspection, it seemed just fine. It dawned on him that maybe there was something wrong with his ears. He started to say this to my mom who was sitting right next to him. She looked over, noticed the headphones had fallen off of his head and were resting on his shoulders. Sometimes that's what you and I need as well. We need to put our headphones back on, tune back into God and to what our spouse is saying. It's time to plug in and start listening at full volume.
0: You've been listening to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. Vows to Keep offers Christ-centered marriage resources for couples wishing to prepare, enrich, and renew their marriages. These resources include weekend retreats, conferences, date nights, and radio broadcasts across Ohio. Your financial gift will allow Vows to Keep to continue to help couples develop biblically healthy marriages. Please prayerfully consider making a donation to help serve future couples. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation or to find out more about Vows to Keep, visit our website at VowsToKeep.com. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.